And this is Ryan, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking. Did I say that one already? I don't Playing, know, man. reviewing, uh, something. We're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special bonus episode, midweek edition. Uh, we have a special guest here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, my name's Florentino Buenaventura. I'm the host of the Changing Stage radio show, so I get a chance to be interviewed today. So this is kind of a reverse for me. And uh, I'm also here to speak on behalf of some good friends of mine and a great, great local music store, Guitar Trader, who's facing the, the this economy's challenges. Uh-huh. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, right? Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of Guitar Trader, and we're going to talk about the current situation over there. And we'll talk about some other stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, we found out about the stuff going over on over at Guitar Trader probably about a week ago. Something yeah, like that. a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, when like... they posted uh, stuff on Facebook about it. And so right when I saw that, I wrote to... Uh, them online you wrote to eric yeah yeah and i said hey we'd love to sit down and talk with someone about this if it's possible and he uh he sent our message your way he did he did uh kind of like yourself um i think we were talking about this before the the episode folks it's hard sometimes we get into these great conversations and you know before and after uh and you want to bring it into the show but uh Essentially, I met Eric. Well, I've actually known those guys, uh, Lauren and Jeff. I, you know, I'm a you know huge gearhead. I love uh-huh. buying gear, and you know they're the kind of store that you when you go there you feel like you're at home. Nothing Absolutely. on the big stores. Yeah, you know, I love Guitar Center as well, and some of the other ones. I've been to Sam Ash, and you know even been to Mars. Which I don't even know if Mars is around anymore. But anyway, you've been, you've been, you've been around. I even went to the the Best Buy, a big one. But it's these local shops that I think really, they're there to support you, to kind of give you the tools to get those newbies that are really kind uh-huh. of getting to, to, to playing, give them you know the direction. And then also for those high-end professionals to give them a... You know, a, a place that they can, you know, they can express themselves. Whereas, you know, some of the big box stores, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but essentially that's kind of how I met those guys. And uh, they started to do all these great clinics. They have a, they have, have a great uh, live stage, which you don't see in no. music stores, <laughs> uh, with a decent sound system. And, and they were doing all these great clinics. I'd been to like Joe Satriani Clinic and a couple other different ones. And I just contacted Eric and said, hey, Eric, you know, I'd like to, when these guys are in town, interview uh, some of the, the, the people traveling to your store to do clinics and talk a little bit about that. My, my show is all about gear and gab with the people who define a biz. So it made sense. Uh, at the time, um, Michelangelo Batio was coming into town. He is this amazing guitar guru, god, whatever you want to call him. Sure. Uh, a man who can play, you know, Harmonies with 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 both hands. He he plays a double neck. Right. You know, you guys can't see this, but I'm doing this whole double neck. Thing. <laughs> um, so he does this. He's uh, considered one of the fastest, if not the fastest, guitarist on the planet. And he goes around doing these different clinics, and he was there. So we set it up. We 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 kind of came together and helped this, and mutually we promoted this event to be one of the biggest they've ever had. And, uh, you know, from there, it just, you know, a friendship and a partnership kind of grew in helping to drive this, this awareness about all these cool things that they were doing there. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, uh, I was fortunate to be part of the, the big Fender celebration this past summer. Yeah, that was a big event. I remember that. That was actually, for me, that was one of the reasons I was surprised to hear that they were going out and they were kind of hitting rough times because they had just they promoted that fender event like really big and it seemed like a really big upswing and i know sometimes i when i would go in there because i only i don't buy a ton of new gear i don't shop new gear a lot um but i would stop in every once in a while like just to pick up a couple packs of strings just to see uh what they'd picked up recently because they had they yeah. pick up the newest stuff a lot of time or uh see what they have on like the used gear wall and so when I heard about the Fender event, actually, I think both of us were looking at going to it and we saw on the event page for it that there was like a couple hundred people signed up for it. And yes, we were just we like three, over 300 people, over there. 300 people. Yeah. We both looked at it and went like, oh, I don't want to deal with that many people. <laughs> I remember years and years and years ago, 
probably like eight years ago, I I drove over to go, over to go Guitar Trader to get strings or something like that, like something that I needed like relatively soon. And I pull up and there's just a line around the block and there's no parking left. And I rolled on my window I'm like, hey, what's what's going on in there? And like some kid turns around and he's like, Dave Mustaine's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shoot. Not, I'm not, not getting <laughs> strings today. I'm just going home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've had some great players. In fact, a lot of great players came out of there. Um, uh-huh. Uh, oh, I, I'm, my brain is escaping me. But, uh, well, first one, Jennifer Botten, who is the. Okay, uh, yeah. She, she kind of got, that was one of her first jobs to work there. Um, she, she, you know, was there for those folks that don't know who she is. She's Michael Jackson's guitar player Mm -hmm. for many years. We've talked about her before. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So she, she, in fact, at that, you know, uh, we, unfortunately they they had a big sale to kind of liquidate a lot of the stuff. They're still, they're still battling, but they had to get, get rid of a lot of stuff. And, uh, Eric Denton pulled out this, this um, I don't know, banner poster, what you would call it. Basically, uh, Jennifer uh, won some contest uh-huh. from like 1984. It was really, it was oh, kind wow. of funny. You know, just the year that uh, Michael Jackson became Michael Jackson, she won that that little contest. So it's kind of history. There's so much there. Uh-huh. Um, one of the guys from Rat, one of the main guys from Rat, uh, uh, and I can't remember his name, escapes me, worked there. Just a number of people, like you said, Dave Mustaine, um, Joe Satriani had been part of the history and it's, it's got such a, a, a unique presence here. It's, it was started close to, I think 35 years ago, something like that. It was in the seventies for sure. Seventies. Yeah. So I think it was 35 years ago. It's, I think it was 78 or 79. And then, um, uh, at that particular time, Eric was in a band, uh, called the Monroe's and, uh-huh. you know, while came in later on, he had a studio. And after the Monroe's, he ended up picking it up, you know, uh, and ended up putting out uh, a, a website. Um, but they had sold the rights to their, before he came in, they had sold the rights to the, uh, the guitar trader name. So they had to run dual names. So musicpower.com is what the, they named the, yeah. the website. And so if you go to guitartrader.com, it's a totally different yeah. entity. It's it's not connected at all to what we're talking about. You go to musicpower.com and that is the website for Guitar, Guitar Trader. Trader. Exactly. So they sold what do you do you have any clue of why they sold the name or what the situation was with that? That's a good question. It was well, it started in the previous owner's garage and as they started to transition into that time, I think it was just one of those things where uh, it was a partnership kind of where one company was going to run the online uh-huh. and then there was a, 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 a split from that. I oh, okay. If I remember rightly, it's been a little while, you know, as uh, it sounds kind of messy. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where they were trying to transition and, and then it just made more sense when Eric picked up the, the, the business. And then later on when Jeff, uh, his other partner came in to just kind of have them separated. You know? Right. Right. So, um, that's, from what I remember, that's going to be the, the, you know, the, the history for that. Yeah. I've always said about guitar trader that the, the thing I really like about it is like you, you go to like guitar center. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, diss on them or anything like that, but you go to a guitar center and it's, you know, who knows where they got their salespeople from, like what their experiences. I've had weird experiences with talking to salespeople there, like where, it becomes very obvious that they have no idea what I'm asking about, what the products are, what's available where when you go to guitar trader, like I've always explained, like it feels like everyone working there is like a roadie and they're very intimately aware of everything that's in the store. They're aware of everything that's not in the store and they could talk to you if you want to talk to them, but they won't talk to you (laughs) unless you go up and like initiate sort of thing. So it's kind of like, you're hanging out with, with musicians when you're there. Yeah, it's yeah. not yeah, like you're hanging out with salespeople, which has always been like a really great vibe, you know? Well, one of the things that for me, I, I moved here to San Diego. Are you guys from San Diego? Yes. Yeah. Okay, wow. You guys are like, I know we're freaks. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. I got to leave now. It's weird. No, <laughs> for you folks, it's, San Diego is pretty much everybody comes from everywhere else for yeah, the most part. Absolutely. Um, but this, Hey, that's awesome guys. So I moved here in 98. 
And okay. I'd been going to Guitar Trade around that around that time, and I've known Lauren since that time frame. I think that's the the, the difference. It's not that they don't hire great people, but usually the the people over at Guitar Center, they're guys that have an aspiration of careers in being musicians. Sure. So they kind of dabble in. They don't. They want to be kind of related to it. So they take a job at Guitar Center. Uh, and then Guitar Center is able to hire guys you know, a little bit more cost-effectively sure. in that particular case. You're describing people that we know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas with, with Guitar Trader, these guys have been there for a while. They really actually have a sincere career and a passion for the equipment. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the differences have come in. Our, our tagline for them was real musicians, real gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you'd, you'd find really you know, unique pieces over there, whether it be used gear, which you guys talk uh-huh. a lot about used gear, but you'd also find unique pieces like custom builds. Um, more bases is one of the ones that, that was, you know, they, they uh-huh. were exclusive over there. And these, uh, it's a local shop there. A guy, Marty Moore's makes these incredible, incredible custom bases. And uh, you're, you're not going to really find that in a guitar center. That's, no, not at all. I mean, you're just going to find your your big brands at your guitar centers and yeah. other shops as well. And those are all all welcome brands. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it's, you know, Fender. Oh, absolutely. You, you got Fender guitar or yeah. Fender necks on the. On the <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we're definitely not uh, down on big brands or little brands. We like them all, um, yeah. but it's always really great going to Guitar Trader because they would have. They'd have the normal stuff, but then they'd also have the funky stuff. Yeah, and they'd yeah. have it out in a where in an area where you could pick it up and you could play around with it. When I was in high school and I had a car, I would go to Guitar Trader all the time just to go like hang out and try stuff. And I would try, you know, whatever weird thing they had laying around. Like I remember playing like the D Armand, like a uh, plastic string basses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and uh all kinds of weird different stuff there. Yeah, great stuff. Or even like a fender. Um when we had uh, you know See that's where I get. Did I? We, we, I talked about the the the, uh, the Fender celebration. Uh, well, yeah, we did on the on the since we we're on air here. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, with Fender celebration, they had these one of a kind custom yeah. shop builds that they still had at the at the store, um, which were just amazing pieces of gear. There was a there was an acoustic guitar there made out of kangaroo leather. I was just like, oh, wow. wow. Wow, you know, that's crazy. you're not going to find that at Guitar Center. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, I understand why Guitar Center wouldn't, because that's not something that the average player right. would come in. It catered to, you know, these very, you know, um, um, focused players, I guess the best way to put yeah, it, absolutely. that Guitar Trader was able to do. And then they passed that expertise on down to these aspiring, you know, yeah. uh, up-and-comers in the business. So that's why, you know, I kind of want to make a plea to all the people out there that, Shop locally. Make sure you guys. Oh yeah. Get out there and. Um, if take, there's you know. if there's a shop in in your city or in your town that isn't a big chain, like go shop there. Like if you're if you have to pay a couple more bucks for strings or something, it's worth it to keep that shop open. Yeah, especially you know if you have a one of the things that I always felt like was unique about Guitar Trader was that uh like we kind of talked about before is like they kind of they catered to real musicians they uh-huh. catered to to they had low-end stuff but they carried a lot of like high-end stuff yeah they whereas do. like they do. a lot of the other mom and pops around town are like there's a you know there's a i say chain it's like two stores that i know yeah. are M- music central but everything yeah. at music central is like sunlight it's student and level it, stuff. it's all yeah. student it's all very entry level Whereas Guitar Trader was unique in that, uh, offhand, like I, I was just in there for the uh, for the clearance sale, and I don't think I saw like any Squire stuff. I'm sure that at some point they, I know I saw a Squire sign. Yeah, they they uh, have them, but it, but it's well, one they, of the, they they had them. But yeah. right, but it's one of those things where like a lot of the mom and pops a lot of times like all they carry is squire and they don't have any fender stuff but guitar trader had the full range and they had the squire stuff but it, you always felt like that was more for like you the that was for the kid whose dad was already playing a fender american who wanted to get right. his kid going yeah now the unique thing was a lot of people would think that you can get a better deal at guitar center but actually guitar trader had the has the um you know the the ability to give you a better deal. Oh, absolutely! Because they were able to negotiate a little bit on price and, and try to fit, you know, the, the you know, the, 
the level of gear to a price point that was comfortable yeah. for you. Whereas they don't, uh, when the big corporation, the big, big corporation, uh, took over guitar center, um, they basically cut that practice out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on the back of all the guitar trader tags, it would have the little box that said, ask for your price or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's always like, okay, here's the price that we have listed on here, but come and talk to us. We'll work it out. And every single piece of gear I've ever bought from there, I've, I buy. I bought a lot of used gear from there. I'd go up to the counter and be like, "Will you take this?" And they'd be like, "Ah," and like, "Well, will you take this?" And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, we'll take that." And it's always been this kind of understanding, like, yeah. "There's a number that we know that's not on the tag, and you just got to find it," sort of thing. Right. And that was always the case in the in the business. I mean, I've, ever since I've been buying gear all my life, uh -huh. up until recent, like you said, uh, I think when when the the proliferation of uh online stores came about but uh -huh. even those ones well there's the practice of going in and you know finding it at a lower price somewhere and then coming in to a z zounds or you know American sure. musical to to kind of say hey look i can get it at this price and buy it there i mean there's i, I can't say that i don't shop online myself because i i've i've shopped online i i do buy from uh, guitar center i've got some gear from there i got it from guitar trader but I guess what I'm trying to encourage people to is to to give those local shot uh, shops a, a shot. Uh, they're they're out there. They're they're doing it. They're still making it happen. There's a, they're they are having you know they are having challenges. That's that is the industry's uh -huh. you know trying to figure out how they can kind of survive in this economy of of you know dot com uh, you know thriftiness. I guess I don't know what sure sure. <laughs> I mean we're. <laughs> We're probably contributors to that culture. We're always looking for like the cheapest thing on the used market that if we want to, we could flip it for more and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I do the same thing. Craigslist is one of my yeah. you know, uh, obsessions. So I, I'm always on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, well, we won't talk about profits on the air in this episode. I've, See, I've done okay this year. I've done, I've, yeah. I've had enough, I've done enough flipping to have some fun and I haven't lost money yet. So. Yeah, that's well, always but. pretty much the case for for myself and my, my yeah. Um, yeah. But I've bought, music. I've gotten tons of stuff at Guitar Trader. Like what? Like what other stuff that I've gotten there? I got my my Princeton Reverb from there. I got my Hamer uh, from there. Did you get the PV from there originally? The I did 50? not, but okay. I did get my PV Bandit from there. Okay, I got uh, the the uh, I got Big Red, which is like a weird oh, like right. no name guitar from there. Um, you've had a lot more opportunities to get stuff from there just because you've lived up in this area. Yeah. I used to drive longer. by it all the time. So I'd stop by there a couple times a week <laughs> during yeah. the week to just check stuff out and look what was on the used track. But I've bought tons of stuff there. I don't feel like with any of it that I got a bad deal is all that yeah. I could, you know, turn around and sell it and break even basically. It's all really fair prices. Um, I've got a story that I'm going to tell, and then we'll get into kind of the current situation of what's going on over there. When I first started playing, well, I guess I first started playing acoustic guitar, and then I could gear into it. I'm like, this is boring. I want to play electric guitar. <laughs> and so I start like looking at information, and I was getting like musicians, friends, catalogs, and stuff like that. I'm like, I have no idea what to get, what kind of guitar I should get. And, uh, uh, my family's hospital, Kaiser's across the street from Guitar Trader. And so one day I was there with my mom. I'm like, Mom, let me go over to Guitar Trader and I'll like talk to them and see what what I should get. Because I had no idea. Like I was before the internet, before Craigslist and all that, like you couldn't really research things that much. So I walked over there and I go in and I'm just staring at like the huge wall of all the, yeah, the, the, the all wall the, of guitars. All the strats and telecasters and all the Gibsons and everything like that is huge. Like this like experience is burned in my mind. It's like my first like electric guitar yeah. like situation. <laughs> and I'm looking up at everything and I like go up to the guy and I'm like, I want to buy an electric guitar someday. I have no idea what to get. And I have no idea how much I should spend. And he kind of looked me up and down and then he spent like a good 20 minutes to half an hour, like just teaching me about, everything I needed to know about electric guitars, about what I should be looking for for my first, about what I should expect to spend. He was really trying to push me on like a Mexican fender, which <laughs> is great. That's what I would try to push someone on. 
as like a first electric. And so I took all that information and I, you know, applied it to going to like pawn shops and stuff. <laughs> I didn't buy my first guitar from there because I didn't have the budget, basically. Like he was going like, you got to get something kind of in the $400 range. So then I was looking for stuff that had been in the $400 range, but was now used in a yeah. pawn shop or something. But it was just a really great experience. Like you're not going to get that kind of experience at your bigger stores or even some of the other like mom and pop stores that live off of doing trumpet rentals for bands, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely, and, and that case. was one of the, the cool things with guitar traders. Like they employed enough people to do that. Cause a lot of mom and pops are literally like the, you know, the patriarch of the family and his son and like his son's friend. Right. And there's only like two of them in the shop at any given time. And if you're a kid who comes in, like they just stand at the counter with their arms crossed and like, <laughs> don't stare, steal anything. Don't yeah. exactly. They're like, they don't, it's, you know, every, everyone who isn't, doesn't come in looking like they're ready to buy something is just a hassle. Yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas at guitar trader, like I always came in and like, you know, said hello. And like, I would just wander around the store for however long yeah. I wanted to wander around. And, and, uh, I pulled, you know, I, I tried out like whatever I, I actually i always love to go in the acoustic room oh totally which yeah. i mean this isn't like a mom and pop with an acoustic room yeah uh they're pretty i mean guitar traders are pretty That's, large size space for for a local shop it's definitely the case and yeah uh you know and, and i think that's the that is it you have a chance to explore yeah that really that's as a musician that's a you, you're definitely not doing that online uh-huh and Unfortunately, in a, in a store that has high volume, they expect you to, you know, they need to move you in and out because of the overhead that they have to. So you can't fault, you know, a guitar center or no, no, of course or, not, or Sam Ash for for that kind of, uh, you know, for what 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 you get over there. Um, so you're you you really, if you want to explore your instruments, and it's as you know, I don't know if you have a lot of, I know you guys deal with a lot with used gear and the people looking at buying used gear, but when it comes down to uh, you know uh, finding that axe that you that's that's you, you need to spend some time with it. You you know just oh, buying it, yeah buying it online. You're not going to have that experience because each guitar is almost you know if you get a good guitar, it's going to have a personality of its own. Yeah, so uh-huh. you got a you know a BB King names his guitars. Or, <laughs> you know, actually, uh, you know, I'm a more player, in which uh, it, that's guitar traders all about. You know, the more basses and. Um, I named mine after one of the songs from my band Rebel Lady because it's just it was it's very unique it, it had its own character there was no other ones that in his line that was like this particular one and when I played it and t- you know touched it I was like this is it this is the one and you, you were only able to find that that bass over at Guitar Trade yeah. that was not an option to go to a guitar center because it was such a unique one of a kind bass I'm the only one that has one like that and that's the kind of thing you'd get out of at a store like like Guitar Trader, and someone who understood the types of wood that that's put into that, and what that wood does to the sound of of the axe. Um, you know the the way the process that you know that you look at um, the the all of that stuff kind of comes into play when when kind of buying the gear to find the right one for you. So I think that's key. All right, so one of a kind experience. We had a little technical check right there. It was Tino questioning. That I need to take the producer hat off. I've <laughs> <laughs> been a part of this before. I've you know I'm so used to looking at trying to look at we had all a, elements of that stuff. We invented a producer, uh, so anytime we had a technical give it like a technical issue, we'd just be like. Come on, Gary, get it together. Yeah, we have a made-up producer that we swear at. <laughs> That's awesome. Baba Booey, you know, call, just call him Baba Booey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. But, yeah, another great thing about Guitar Trader is that they have an actual repair center. Yeah, Matt. Matt's a, a, an incredible. I've taken yeah. a ton of stuff to him. Uh, I had him completely swap out a Floyd Rose on a guitar that was so cheap that he should have told me to not bother. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably where I've had the most experience with Guitar Trader myself. Was I had a my first bass was a Fender Mexican Jazz bass, oh, yeah. and after like I played enough bass to kind of develop what I was listening for, I realized like I really didn't like the way the pickup sounded. So I went in and I was like, hey. 
Uh, I just want something that's like clear and articulate with a little more power. And he's like EMG J's. And we dropped in a, I had him do the full installation, uh, routed out the back for the, the quick access battery compartment and everything. Active or passive? Uh, EMG. active. The EMG, like the standard EMG J's. Okay. And, uh, I didn't know the models, but I know that they oh, do have yeah. both. Yeah, it's the Jazz Bass Actives. Uh, we stayed with the standard, like the the standard circuit, so it's, it was still like the volume, volume, tone configuration, not an active EQ circuit. Um, but it was a great installation, and those were like, that was the perfect upgrade. Yeah. That was it, it, like exactly what I wanted. It gave me uh, like a lot more power up front, mm-hmm. um, but the tone was just like clean and clear and like just so much more articulate for what we were doing at the time, yeah. which was just dirty, noisy rock and roll. But <laughs> finally had any, these clean, clear, articulate pickups. But that's exactly what it was. Is it, it, it allowed like the bass to jump from just being this like yeah. muddy rumble in the background that I just could not EQ out. Yeah. But you like got to go and, and talk to someone who had experience with all this stuff Yeah, and troubleshoot what you wanted and, and get it done. And like even when I wasn't having stuff repaired there, I knew that I could go to Guitar Trader and get parts for the crazy stuff that I was building. Like I could yeah. go and get you know like two feet of wire that I needed, or just <laughs> a spare capacitor or something like that, or you know an odd pot for some guitar yeah. that I had. Like I think I've gone there and bought individual bridge pieces for used guitars that I've bought. Right, and I gone back and like hey do you have this piece and he'd be like uh let me check my bucket and he'd like be be going through you know all his stuff and they always had great deal they always have great deals on i've i mean i think every uh mic stand i've ever bought which we have a bunch of them Uh uh-huh has been from their um music stands so i mean it wasn't just the big stuff too there's all the the things Uh um for my, my pedal board i got obsessed with pedal boards and i ended up buying a bunch of uh um, the cables to, yeah. to get it all like patch cables yeah. and stuff. So actually, I, I uh, the clinic they had with Rob uh, Ron Moreno. Um, I ended up buying Ron's board because he brought it in for the, <laughs> for the radio show. And he's like, "I'm moving to a bigger board. Do you want this board?" I was just pretty much enamored with it. It was just looked awesome. So I can't remember what model it is, but it was just it's just beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, metal with a reservoir in the back for all the cables uh-huh. board. And then all the other stuff I got from Guitar Trader to kind of put it all together. A few of the pedals I had, uh, got some pedals off Craigslist like you guys would, would do. And, yeah. Um, but all the stuff to put, you know, the power supply stuff, everything I got mm-hmm. from I got from Guitar Trader. Nice. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you just, you're not going to get that kind of information very easily, you know, because it requires years of experience. Yeah. And, um Dealing with it and product uh, training, whereas a bigger a bigger store doesn't have that type of luxury yeah. with a younger, um, uh, you know, less industry stable. Employee. A musician yeah. hire, like you were talking about, yeah. like someone yeah. who's you know trying to make it with his band, not necessarily trying to uh, be gear centered. Yeah, and there, yeah. And there's definitely something. Yeah, you know, there's a lot to be said about being like a lifer musician salesman because it allows you to kind of do that in the guitar trader sense. Like it allows you to, to cater to what your customer needs instead of trying to sell them what they think they want. Yeah. 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 You know, um, or trying to push like, Oh, we've got to move all these Ibanez's this month. Yeah. Yeah. I've been into like some of the big box stores where, you know, you just, you never know which employee you're going to get. You can get someone who's super helpful or you know you you get the guy, you know you get the guy who's super helpful. Where you go in and you say like, oh well, I'm playing this and I want this and this. Like, what do you think about this guitar? And they'll be like, oh well, that's like eight hundred dollars. If you really want that, I can sell it to you. But you can do the same thing for like three hundred dollars less. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the big box stores, it's uh, you know for the longest time, and a lot of stores are still this way. You know, it's it's all about the commission. So it's like, oh, what do you think about this eight hundred dollar guitar? I think it'll do everything I, I want to do. And like, they're automatically going like, well, for another hundred and fifty dollars, you can do this one that does everything you want right now, plus anything you might ever possibly want in the future. Right. And here's a here's a seventy dollar warranty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget your flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> that is def- definitely the case. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about their current situation over there. Uh, couple weeks ago when they posted about this 
they're basically asking for an angel investor to come in and buy the business, basically? Essentially, yeah. Um, I think Eric's uh, wanting to, to, to bring on some partnership. Uh, they're looking for the an investor, uh, $500,000 so they can restock and, and uh-huh. fill the you know the store back up with inventory and be able to be be set i think that was the, ch- the challenge that they faced is that in this time in this economy they were they there was there were up months like the june uh fender uh-huh. month and then there were months that were you know not so good uh, yeah just like all, a lot of businesses right now and yeah. um they kind of hit that wall going into to the holiday season which is pretty much carries you through most of the year yeah. without enough product. Right. And that kind of put a crimp in. If you don't have product, you can't you know, exactly. go back and get product because you need a product to bring in. So it became a, a a cycle, and they were looking at getting you know getting some investment to kind of get through that hump. But then it basically kind of missed that window. Yeah, gotcha. So, so I don't know if this relates at all, but I'm going to throw this out there. I know at... A few months ago, it might have been at the beginning of the year, uh, Fender changed their sales deal with like a lot of stores in terms of like in order to get product, you had to like their the minimum order value went up a lot. Do you know if that affected Guitar Trader at I can't, all? I can't speak uh, with you know knowledge on okay. that one. No, I, mean, that's I can speculate fair. on stuff, but sure. Uh, I think the relationship because I dealt with Fender. I mean, I was there in with them for the event and you know right. I dealt with all the, the the all the brass over there and they were very very enthusiastic about guitar trader. Mm. I think it's just a kind of a testament to what's going on uh more so today than it is some some of the policies that some sure. of these manufacturers have. It's just it's tough. It's tough for these these stores. I mean we talked about the Buffalo Brothers is out of business and that uh-huh. was that's a, such a fun store. It was yeah. it's an awesome store. It I was, bought stuff from there. Ryan was the one that told me that they shut down and that was like I freaked out. I didn't even know that yeah, yeah. I went it seemed like it just happened overnight and yeah. like, I, I didn't know about it until like a month after it happened. Yeah, yeah, I was over there maybe like two, three years ago talking to the guys in at the time. Uh I think they were the like one of the top five acoustic instrument dealers in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And they had and, a lot of business for their repair business. Yeah. It was doing a lot of high end re- restoration, like, you know, hot rotting of guitars and thousand yeah. dollar jobs, that kind of stuff. So they had all the folk instruments when no one else had them, like all the, yeah. you know, like mandolins and banjos yeah, and yeah. ukuleles and whatnot. Yeah. The real deal stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Then, Resonators. Yeah. All that stuff. And I think they're, the challenge too is that, uh, the, well, there's like one shop that I love here in town that they're doing really well. Uh, they're, they're a small shop, and you, me and Steve would probably love it. I don't know how much you'd love them, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Have you been to Bay San Diego? No. You've never been to Bay San Diego? I didn't even know it, there was how a How can you be a San stores? Diego bass player and not go to Bay San Diego? <laughs> because I'm always on Craigslist. <laughs> oh, that's where, true. Where is it? It's over. It's not too far from here, actually. It's over in Mir- Miramar area. Oh. Uh, you know what? I've seen them online. I but I just haven't been over there, which is a shame because I'm I live in UTC. Yeah, George so. is a really great guy over there, and I mean, it's not the typical bass player store, and that's one of the things we were trying to do with. That's why the whole more bases over at uh, Guitar Traders, we're trying to move them into an area where a guitar center couldn't compete, where right, it was right. entire in, in in gear. So now you've got um, uh, you've you've got over at Bay San Diego. The average price base over there is probably in the neighborhood of about four or five thousand dollars. Wow! So they have thirty thousand dollar bases over there. This crazy stuff, uh, you know, uh, F bases, Federa. Mm. Um, you've got, you've got. Um, Sounds like you got to put Mike on a, put on like a top hat to go over there, <laughs> like a tuxedo. It, it, oh, it's amazing. I mean, you're, you're talking about you're talking about works of art. And, yeah, totally. And, and they're doing so well over there. But you you don't you know if you see a Fender it's because it's a classic sure that's been it's restored vintage. or whatever it's yeah. vintage uh, and so I think part of it is that's where it needs to go so real players actually go yeah. go there you're not gonna it, they don't care at all to the to the you know the the people kind of getting into the business this is a real reason I haven't <laughs> been over there because I'm just a hack based player <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I'm I'm with you man I I go but I go over there. To 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 see some of the, sure. the cool stuff. I've 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 gotten some stuff there and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, you, you, you and and I've uh, you know I've I've known George for a little while, so for about mm-hmm. a year now, and 
Um, they're just such a cool, cool, cool place. Uh, my teacher is the one who kind of recommended me to them. Uh, okay. Kevin Freeby, who does a lot of stuff for them, all their like online stuff. So I think there is a transition for some of these stores to kind of move into. Uh, unfortunately, we just timing and everything just is, has been hard for, for guitar trader. Cause you, you can 35 years, you conduct business a certain way. Yeah. And now you've got to kind of reinvent this whole thing overnight. Yeah, totally. And so yeah. that was actually something like Ryan and I were, were talking about like, you know, if, if somehow we, if we you know, had half a million, dollars. if we had half a million dollars and like could just you know help out Guitar Trader, like what were thing, what are things that we would try to bring in from our experiences with with just different markets and like you know we're now you know Ryan and I are really hitting Reverb dot com, uh, which is like the latest used gear. It's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like eBay sort of, but it's you know All exclusively gear. for gear. Yeah. Um, and like, what have we learned from that that we would bring in? But definitely, you know, you've been doing business one way for 35 years. Like, yeah, transitioning is hard. Yeah, because you're known for that. So, you know, I and I was mentioning to you, there was Dan Tucker, a uh, really cool guy, um, was actually looking at trying to to to, to pick up a guitar trader. And there's, there's still, still some things that are, you know, kind of help out. Uh, he, he has a, um, you know, t- let me get this correct, Tucker, Tucker Guitar Company. Anyway, that they make, he makes custom guitars, really uh-huh. high end custom guitars, and I think there's a, a real market for that, you know, in 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 this in this in this uh, you know economy because yeah, like going back to Bay San Diego, a lot of what they they do have the store there, and it's it's not a well for one, it's not in a storefront, so you're not you're not you know strip mall, it's actually right. a business office complex, right? Uh, you know, it's more of a showroom for these incredibly you know these pieces of you know, pieces of art, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and people from around the world, you know, players order from, and, and cause this is the only place you can get this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's, that is, uh, you know, something that, uh, uh, if anybody who's looking at opening a store would, would do used gear. I, I think guitar trader always had really good prices on used gear. They oh did. yeah. The only sure. problem I ever ran into is because everyone always, I'd see the, see the ads and I'd go in there for it and it'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to buy this Fender jazz, uh, um, precision combo that uh, was an active pickup. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was a Mexican deluxe. And, uh, I got there right when I got there, it was literally going out the door. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. I, well, I was playing it, you know, I was playing it. I, you know, they couldn't they didn't even have time to put a tag saying it's sold. And the guy was paying for it. And I didn't even know. I was like, guys, I want this. And they're like, oh, you're like 30 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the only thing about guitar trade. You got to be quick. Yeah, you got to be there. There is some. So, and I think it's another challenge is the, the, the selling used gear or even doing consignment. It's become kind of a challenge here in California sure because you got that 30-day waiting period oh yeah so unless you buy one-off thing and you're like you know you buy it and you know I don't want this anymore and sell it on Craigslist you know as a personal person if you're a dealer if you you know buy it or even bring it in for um um you know for for consignment you got to wait a month it's got to be a month before you can see yeah I didn't I didn't realize that and and you know that's when you're trying to move stuff that's space that a lot of times you can't afford to I knew that was a thing for up. pawn shops but I, I guess I just never thought like oh that would apply to regular shops as well yeah yeah because I'd always see you know like I'd peer in the back back room of the pawn shop and be like oh what do you got hanging up in there and they'd be like well we can't sell that stuff yet <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta make sure it clears well Guitar Center gets away with it by taking puts it out and you see it with the uh-huh. with the date you know when it's oh, yeah. available, and then they'll they'll pretty much sell it to you, but you don't get to bring it home. Right, right. And but they sell it at crazy prices too. So you know it's it it, it you know it's, there's just really weird things kind of going on. Uh huh. I just, like I said, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening: go out there, shop, shop at these local shops. Go, you know, um, and you know, find things uh, that are unique and, and, and that are you. You know, we ha- we have a tendency as a society to kind of go along with the status quo. Uh huh. And I think it'd be good to kind of, as musicians, aren't we supposed to discover you know, new stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, blaze like our make, own trails and stuff like that. Yeah, make your own identity with yeah. your stuff. You know, 
Yeah, this has been like a very San Diego-centric episode, but I think every major city has a story like oh, this. Oh, absolutely. Every major city probably has, you know, a few shops like Guitar Trader there. Yeah. But, you know, it's definitely something where... Even uh, LA. LA you know, yeah, this uh-huh. is a story that is going to repeat itself oh, over yeah. time. Yeah. So this, it, you know. I'm sure this is going on with tons of shops all over the country right now. Um, West LA Music over in uh, uh, LA was one that I had been to. It's like the place where you'd go to see stars. Yeah, totally. You'd, you know, you go, you'll see Stevie Wonder jamming around on something over there. You'd, <laughs> you'd see, you know, the you know, you know, the guys in uh, um, Guns and Roses when I was in the eighties uh-huh. over there. They would be down at West LA Music, checking out gear, or whatever. You know, they'd have these incredible clinics, and they went out of business. Yeah, and you know that that's kind of sad. I mean, it's. It's a, you know it's definitely a, um, you know it's definitely changing times. Absolutely, even Guitar Center too. I've read articles about them about their money issues and their kind of their local their their actual physical brick and mortars definitely had challenges. Yeah, yeah. Like and they they're in debt to all kinds of people and well there's, that's there's a whole investing side to their company that is it sounds like the articles I've read it sounds like super sketch. It, it, there's a lot of stuff tied in, and I try not to get too heavy into that stuff because I sure. I can't speak with uh, you know full uh, <laughs> right, right. education on yeah. it. But you know it's it it definitely was it stopped being about the love of the equipment and the gear. Yeah, you know? sure. And then it became like you know it just became numbers. It yeah, like. there that's de- my personal opinion. There are definitely things out there that I think you know when you look at some of the issues guitar centers had financially, it feels like the only reason that they still exist is in order to get that far into debt. Somebody had to believe that this company could be profitable at one point. So people are still, and I, when I say people, I mean like cap, you know, big money capitalists, the, right, the, right. the billionaire venture capitalist types and, and, uh, companies that do that kind of stuff that recent, Companies that they only exist to buy companies and restructure them and make money. Um, well, I think look Guitar at, Center is publicly traded, right? I don't know if they currently are. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think know. They, I believe they may have been in the past. Um, I do know, like Guitar Center recently changed hands a second they, time, but when they were, you mentioned earlier with the haggling. The haggling went away when they were bought by Bain. Uh, Bain Capital, which yeah. was the company that Mitt Romney yeah, Mitt used Romney, to be just, on the board for, <laughs> yeah. um, and their their uh, Bain Capital, like their whole deal is they buy a company that has a ton of debt. They buy the debt and they try to implement policies to uh, get rid of at least some of that debt, and then they sell it to another capital group. And that's exactly what they did with Guitar Center. I don't know if they were able to like knock any of the debt off, but. Uh, I don't remember who it is that owns the Guitar Center brand right now. Yeah, I, I don't uh, either. I'm just but but yeah, my trusty checking about the. Uh, <laughs> but well, yeah, I, 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 I know Bain had them for a while, and and Bain passed them off, and or so, yeah, I mean, there's no passing off. Yeah. They sold them to someone else. So something that Steve and I talked about a lot, just him and me, uh, when when we so saw this. The news in it was publicly traded, but you're right. When Bain picked it up, it it was became uh, okay. private. Okay. As we were talking about what we would do with Guitar Trader if we had half a million. And it sounds like they were already kind of experimenting with it, with the bases and getting high-end bases in there. But we were talking about, uh, and we talked about this before any of this too, is is that it could be a showroom for, you know, the boutique world. Yeah, that's kind of what we were trying to work with with, with Eric and those guys to there's, kind of bring that about. There's so many guitar builders out there now mm-hmm. like we have we even have one who's who we know listens to the podcast and interacts with us doug cower makes uh some beautiful beautiful guitars but there's this whole world of boutique guitars that kind of exists in like the like the two to eight thousand dollar range mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go try them yeah, exactly and you like and people and are that's bo- a, Bay san diego is that one store yeah. here in town that does it but like I'm talking for like just guitars too. There's yeah, nowhere in San Diego where you can go try Doug Coward guitar or yeah. go try 
a Ronin guitar or try a Fano or, or any yeah, of these any brands. Of, or like I said, Tucker. Yeah, know. or Tucker. Yeah. Any of these brands, if there was a place where people could go and even just try these things, and then if they like them, like fill you know an order form directly through the store or something yeah, like exactly. that. Then it would become an attraction. People would come from 50 miles around with, you know, if it was posted to social media, like, oh, we have this new Fano guitar. People would just show up to try it. And they'd buy strings and cables and stuff and straps while they were there, pick up some other thing that they didn't know that they needed. Uh, But, and there's, and there's millions of freaking boutique pedals now too. And And amps. And amps. And, you know, a, a good friend of ours makes uh, these fancy boutique, like, pedal boards out in East County, Salvage Custom. Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, I've, I've met... Uh, at the, Daniel? At, yeah, at the, uh, at the pedal clinic. Yeah, oh, he, okay, he actually, yeah. He came in for that one. He's a good friend of ours. We've gone out to his shop a couple times yeah. for episodes. But there's all these builders now, which are, like, the big thing, and they have, like, all the buzz online. And people buy these things without ever having tried them. Like yeah. they haven't tried them in a store. They haven't. They, have no, they don't have any friends that have them. They just read online reviews and they look at pictures and then they just pull the trigger. They close their eyes and say, "I'll try it. I'll yeah. buy this. And if I don't like it, then I'm just going to have to sell it for less than what and I they made." They post yeah. that like meme picture of Fry from Futurama. Oh yeah, <laughs> hurry up and take my money. <laughs> but if there was a showroom where you could go try this stuff and you know potentially buy it, I think that would be kind of the future of brick and mortar stores. I think I think that's the case. I, like I said, Bay San Diego in this economy is doing really well. Uh-huh. They haven't they haven't missed a step. Their overheads low as in way of uh the brick and mortar side of things. <coughs> and then um you know, uh their inventory is not cheap cuz like I said when you got a $30,000 bass guitar, yeah. you know, uh, it's not that's not going to go yeah. like overnight. That, <laughs> that is one of the things like, you know, and we don't really talk about it a lot but like the the bass world, the boutique bass world is a lot older and there's definitely like a yeah. lot of oh, way yeah. more expensive stuff oh, than yeah. than your guitar stuff. Guitar guitars world. are cheap. <laughs> you, you could buy like tons and tons of guitars and just burn them as firewood. They're so cheap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think the, the, the bigger challenge is bass players. I think were, have been, um, not to pick on you guitar players, Ryan, <laughs> but uh, are have been a little bit more open. Um, well, we have to have something special. We can't, we, we can't seem to get a lady, man. They start getting no action. I'm just joking. Um, you got to treat yourself somehow. Yeah, oh, you treat yourself. it's like the the picture I said the, the mime where it's like uh, you know singer gets four girls, the guitar player has two girls, drummer has his girl, and the bass player has his bass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so and, and so right. anyway, but yeah, that's. Uh, but I think they've been a bit more open, whereas most of the guitar players I know have a, had more of a traditional sense. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, except for like PRS, who was, is a company that kind of started off as a custom company in uh-huh. the 80s and then kind of grown into being that that uh, guitar company. But it's, it's you know, one of the things that you have to do as a, you know, I know we're kind of going on a tangent with, with this stuff, but uh, as a guitar builder, you have to get it in the hands of, of Players of notoriety, absolutely, and a lot of these guys have been cemented in relationships with these bigger, bigger primary companies. Yeah, and it's hard to get that. You know, it's I don't know how it's how easy it would it be for um, you know Paul Reed Smith to to get it in the hands of of uh, you know of a Carlos Santana at this particular stage. Right. Yeah, you know um, that that is whereas bass players have had a little bit more. You know, you'll see a lot of bass players playing some of these, you know, uh, F basses or Federa yeah. or Mike Lull or I mean, there's just a there's a slew of them that that there's a there's a they're real business for these players. Um, so I think that's probably the next thing I'd say is guitar players give these custom builders a chance. Oh, know? absolutely. Go out there and spend big money, please. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing that we always say uh, is that we want people to go out and buy new stuff. So that we can buy it when they sell it. <laughs> Someone's got to buy this new stuff so it'll hit the used market eventually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, but that's I think that's kind of a, um, a thing that, that I you know kind of the, it's kind of funny that we're talking about musicians. Have you guys? When was the last time you guys were at Nam? Oh, we are going to go for our first time oh, okay. yeah, in, January. in January. So you'll notice something. It's funny. You'll see a lot of these 
fairly well-known players, uh-huh. um, especially from the rock world, and they keep the same look. They're very much, you know, married to certain things. So yeah, you, um, seems like especially guitar players. No pick. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's fine. They I, have a, they have a t- be a tendency to have creatures of habit. Absolutely. Like. Well, that's definitely something we've talked about in terms of uh, we're in like a lot of ho- I'll call them a hobbyist group, like semi-pro hobbyist level and like semi-pro guitar groups online on facebook and different things and you know in that world it's all about like what's what's the latest greatest piece of gear and every once in a while the topic comes up you know why is it that joe satriani is, has been playing the same keely modded ds1 for the last 30 years right you know why is or but i can't seem to keep a tube screamer on my board for yeah. more than a month you i've know. always got to try the next thing you know so yeah. <laughs> there's definitely uh there's definitely like with the big names those guys they they get what works and they stick, they find with, they stick they, with it they, they find a sound yeah, yeah. sometimes they they really like when uh, we had Mike Keneally. I think I told you guys on uh-huh. on the show recently. And Mike's Mike's got you know he's known as uh, you know um, a guitar player's guitar player. You know he uh, played with uh, Frank Zappa. Great great uh-huh. story on that front of, on the, on the on the show where I was listening to that episode. Okay, yeah, that's the one I would listen to. Okay, yeah, it's crazy. He just yeah. just called up Frank Zappa's office and said, "Hey, I'm a guitar player that knows every Frank Zappa song. Never played professionally." in his life never uh-huh. been on wow. stage or anything only his bedroom <laughs> and he gets a call from frank the next day and says frank says hey you know i heard you can play every one of my songs nice can you prove it <laughs> and he, he's like uh yeah he goes all right um how about you know a couple three days later whatever it was come up here and show me that you can play every song yeah so he goes up and he gets the gig and with mike you know <laughs> mike was like I'm not really about gear, man. I'm, you know, I just play whatever is yeah. in front of me. I mean, he has a couple of things that that work for him, but at that particular point, you know, I, I think it's not. It stops being less about the gear and, and more about the art form. I guess that's Absolutely. kind of where I was going with with it. I mean, he, and he's a. You know, if you've ever heard him play, he's an amazing, creative player. In fact, uh, we where my band recorded our 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 um, project over at the, uh, Blitz Studios. He said uh, Mike was in there doing, you know. Basically, all he was doing was laying down, playing guitar, and just, you know, you know just, <laughs> he's like, you know, do you want this, that? No, no, just go ahead, let it roll. And, and he would just play it, and, and, and it right. came out like, you know, it was just art just coming out. So, you know, you, nice. you get that yeah, kind of thing. So I think, you know, going back to it, you get a sound, you get that kind of, uh, that feel. But yeah, the... the uh, Nam show, you'll see a lot of that. You'll see yeah. these players. I won't. I won't name any names, but it's just like really. Oh, we've heard stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the look I remember you having back in 1987? <laughs> Dude, we changed. This, this yeah. is two, 2014. Uh, so someone yeah. was telling us that in a previous year, the Edge was there and he was walking around just in kind of street clothes, and he had a tag on that said that his name was like Stu or something like that. Like he had a different name tag on. They'll do that. And uh, and no one was bothering him, and no one was like taking notice of who he was. He's just walking around. It, it, most, most of a lot of those guys will do that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what ones, I would do. There's ones that will be pretty obvious. I mean, I've seen that in other industries too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I met the man who invented the... Uh, the mobile phone, and oh, nice. uh, you know, I just happened to see a picture of him not too long before that. And if I didn't know that, I wouldn't have known. But he invented the mobile phone, and he was at this trade show with like some random Hispanic name who's not a Hispanic at all. So, <laughs> it's like you know, Hector Camacho, or something like that. Right, I can't remember right. what it was, but it was just like, yeah, that's not you, brother. <laughs> he traded with someone. Well, yeah, it was just one of the guys from his company that he had that just gave him the badge. But right, uh, right. Um, you know, really. Got Really cool guy. I'm, yeah, I digress. But going back to it, yeah, that's what you'll find when you go there. Probably the coolest thing at Nam Show. We're on tangents, but uh, <laughs> the first time I realized Welcome that to the podcast. Um, that Chad Smith was indeed Will Ferrell. Oh we're yeah, sitting, <laughs> we're sitting here seeing him playing. It's like, my God, is that? Because I've seen Chad Smith before, uh-huh. and he didn't look like that. But now that you kind of his it, years kind of come around, it's like. Dude, that's Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, that's my, funny. my wife and I were actually just talking about that today. Yeah. How uh, Chad Smith yeah. and Will Ferrell. I watched the, the like the drum off that they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was awesome. I guess they're supposed to do something together, so that's pretty funny. So yeah, yeah that's uh, you know t- 
industry is is such a different thing. I mean, we're in different topics, but you know, yeah. looking at how bands can make it now, how you can make money is a whole different yeah. thing. Or how you can not make money. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to not make money these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> we know all of those. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of wrap this up. Is there anything else we need to say about Guitar Trader? Is there? I, I don't want to sound kind of dire but Ominous, is there uh, is there any hope at this point or well what do you in, know in life there's always hope right sure um, sure they're talking to well they did the article uh in the union tribune and so they've got people that they're talking to um that are looking at it and, and i think there's some some possibilities of revitalizing it. Gotcha. obviously i mean you know there's no secret they had a big sale this past weekend and a lot of the historical stuff went along with uh-huh. it because they they just needed to make some moves they need to pay some some some, some on you know absolutely some, some bills that we're doing and try to do it within the time frame but keep uh, it going I think more than not just the history, but the spirit of it is still a possibility to carry right. on. And the location's, you know, pretty iconic in that it everyone's is. known where it's at. You know, it's not the easiest uh, store to find, but I don't think there's any musician I have ever talked to that didn't yeah. know where it was. It's yeah. not. It's not any harder than any other store. I mean, other than Buffalo Brothers, it was. A pain. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like yeah. it's way. I think it's easier to go there than to get off of the uh, the freeway to get to either of the guitar centers in town. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, a lot of places. Those good the guitar. Well, the guitar centers are in strip malls. It's just a mess. Yeah. yeah. The parking you is you never know what you're going to get into there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's some really good ones. Moe's guitars are, uh-huh. you know, I mean, Moe's is great. The, the, they've got good stuff. Um, We're big fans of Freedom. Freedom is is uh, is awesome for the used gear, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the owner. He was always really cool. I've sold gear there. Yeah. Even uh, uh, San Diego Pond. With, oh yeah, with, yeah. With, with, <laughs> I bought a Todd, good number of things guys. there. I've, yeah. I've been able to pay bills by taking stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "You know, they're the coolest guys." Really, honestly. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, uh, I've being in this business and being a you know musician. I'm the typical musician. You spend five grand on gear to put into your thousand dollar yeah truck, drive five hundred miles for a fifty dollar gig. If you're lucky for the fifty dollar gig, yeah, absolutely. Because if you're trying to do original stuff, you are basically paying for it. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the thing is that uh, I think that um, you know uh, it's you know uh, there's there's some there's some cool places still left to kind of check out. Absolutely, and, 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 do. and let's keep them. Yeah, let's keep, let's them keep them going. And I think, like I said, I think that, um, you know, there's still hope for for Guitar Trader. Obviously, it's going to be a probably a different face, if you will. Sure, sure. Uh, and there's some dynamic to that, all of that. But I think that uh, uh, the history there is definitely, uh, um, you know, still captured within the spirit. So absolutely, you might not see Jennifer Botton's, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever that flag banner, whatever that is, yeah. that says she won that contest. But I mean, one of the, one of the reasons why I wanted to to talk to you or someone from there is to get this stuff recorded into memory, just in case that they did disappear. Because it is, you know, it's obvious listening to the three of us that it is an important store. That there's import like important experiences that people have had there. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's you know millions of other stories other people have, and it's just such an important thing to remember these places. You yeah, know. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it doesn't go away. Hopefully they can get stuff figured out. Uh, but if they don't, I'm kind of glad that we got to sit down and talk about it while the memory was still fresh. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, exactly. you know, someone down the road is going to listen to this because they were heard about it or something like that. You know? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And I think what you guys are saying, too, use gear is going to be a big thing for stores because, you know, guitar players, it's all about that, you know, the, the the antiquity and yeah, the sound you know. or that funky old thing or yeah. that thing that you can't find anywhere else anymore. Or exactly. That thing that you want to take apart and put the parts in something else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Explorer with yeah. the fender neck. Yeah. Like, who would do something like that? I don't know. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> uh, I'd do that. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. I'm looking at some cool guitar here. Yeah. Guitars here, folks. It's just, <laughs> Ryan is yeah. def- definitely the, the man who will take, did you like take like when you were a kid GI Joes and put like the one with the kung fu grip on the? I was a Lego kid. Lego kid. Yeah. Okay. No wonder. Okay. <laughs> here we go. So uh, let's wrap this up. Where can people find your show? 
online. WSRadio.com. You can go there. We've got a really good episode where Lauren uh, from Guitar Trader is back in the June time frame came on to talk about uh, uh, the Fender event and really gave the, the a better history than I can give. Gotcha. He's, he's lived it. He was yeah. there like in the early days with, Fun. with, with him. So, so we'll you, find a link to that and we'll post it on our Facebook yeah, group yeah. as well. So WSRadio.com is where, where they can go and um, get a chance to listen to some, some really cool interviews. And a lot of that was, was due to the relationship I had with Guitar Trader. Fun. And, uh, well, and we're going to play out the episode with one of your songs from your band. Do you want to tell us about that real quick? Yeah, we just, uh, uh, Curbside Vinyl is the name of the group. We were the band, the, the Fender band, uh, the, the, the band Fender chose. We were, you know, kind of all, all of the above for their big, uh, summer celebration. We just, uh, launched our single last Saturday. Fun playing at a, a local. Go out and see local groups too. That's oh, we yeah. encourage everybody. Yeah. We ran a DIY to, venue for like what two, three years, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So, oh. um, so we just did a thing over at a place called the Heart Lounge, which is down off Park. Okay. Uh, and they have you know they do specialty shows over there. Really cool artsy place. Cool. We kind of got our start over there and uh, just putting it out right now. And uh, you know uh, on Reverb Nation, we just put the page up last night and. We're like 56. Nice. Yeah, just overnight. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's pretty okay. good. Yeah. After I botched it. You ever, guys, <laughs> ever use Reverb Nation? It's confusing sometimes. On yeah. how things. <laughs> For one, I had my, my, my lead singer said, why are you putting like... The, posting the song like 20 times I'm like what What do you mean every time I put a picture I had to tie to the Facebook so everything interacts every time I put a picture change this thing it would send a link to the song which is somewhat cool but can be really annoying I had yeah. to put a little apology on, on that and, and then I don't know it's just it's just funny um, yeah. it, how that one works so yeah we just put that out and it's uh uh you know we're pretty excited about it we've got a great group I got I'm playing with amazing players I'm yeah. I'm just fortunate to be playing with these guys because these guys are just, you know, top notch. Uh, our singers, um, Mickey Ireland, Tuho, who are co-singers and incredible vocalists, and they they do this, you know, really they, their their styles and everything blends together. Uh, my partner in crime and uh, one of the you know the, the key driving forces for the music, uh, Paul Berzeski on guitar. Uh, he's like you, man. He likes to. He he has like a, a strat body and a warmth neck that he he kind of gotcha. put all, all together and kind of um, Lindy Fraylin pickup. So it's like this okay. whole unique. You know, he's yeah. making a custom stuff and uh, and then uh, we've got uh, uh, Larry Edwards, who's just an amazing drummer with you know real gospel chops. You know, just really yeah. has has that that groove feel. And then um, we have uh, Josh Weinstein, who is uh, probably one of the best keyboard players in town and why he's playing with us. We're not really sure. <laughs> he just really likes us. He's just, uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, um, plays with a, a number of different bands, but he, you know, he seems to love us pretty well. And I, everyone says we have that sound, that, that chemistry. You know, yeah, I've had cool. other players that come up to us and say, whatever it is you got here, do not change. Yeah, it. absolutely. No. You, we listened to a little bit off of your phone before we started talking and it sounds just really tight and professional and very, but it still has like a really, like organic. it's got that energy yeah. yeah organic yeah we wanted to keep it it organic. feels like it feels like the way music yeah. should be you if, know it feels like it had, almost had one of those sounds where like if you had the right sound system you could just play it and if you were outside you'd be like you'd think someone like you'd think someone was playing inside sure, sure. you wouldn't think Someone, someone was just playing a, you guys. a recording. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, we like, listen to like thirty exactly. seconds on a phone. Yeah. Hey, you can <laughs> tell my, a lot in thirty my, seconds. My, my little like, I don't even know what size speakers in that little because <laughs> my bass speakers. sounded so good on that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, what's the name of the song? Uh, it's "Dancing in the Freeway." Okay, cool. And awesome. uh, to quote um, C.S. Keys, are you you're a sports guy, right? Yeah. yeah, C.S. Keys was uh, yeah. on our radio network. So we just did his show last week. He said, just don't do that. And, you know, don't do that at home, kids. So, <laughs> it's all it's actually all about um, it's, it's all about, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone, not being defined by the box, being yourself. Kind of stuff that we had on the, on the show today. Sure. You know, going for what you believe in and, and just taking a chance and and putting it on the line to, you know, to to get to that, you know, next step in your life. So. Um, written by Mickey Ireland, uh, one of our singers, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funky. It's a little bit of that, a little bit of disco, a little bit of indie rock. <laughs> sure, sure. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's play it. It's been great talking to you. With you. 
Uh, just, Steve, thank you guys. Just butcher that so hard. <laughs> it's been great talking with you. You can tell that we're not professional broadcasters over here. <laughs> um, maybe we'll have you on the show again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we gotta talk trade. about talk about other things. We yeah. got a trade. You guys got to come on the show. Oh, for sure. Hey, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're not far from here. Yeah, except for if it's raining and we're in more traffic. I heard you got stuck out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not All right. Fun. Well, here before we get stuck talking on the weather, uh, <laughs> here's here's a song. Enjoy the episode, guys. See Dancing you in the freeway. Yep. <laughs>